If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning, and then someone hands you a baby. I like you just the way you are. You're braver than you believe, and stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. Parenting is a sacrifice, it's exhausting, it's expensive, at times it feels thankless, but eventually you die. Welcome to the Kid Doc Good Job Being the Mom podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping mothers and fathers through supporting, enabling, and empowering them in their amazing role as parents. So I grew up skiing with my dad. And what was so special, especially in hindsight, was that he would take me up after work on, like, a Friday night. We would go night skiing. I'm in my, like, pink jumpsuit as a, you know, two-and-a-half, three-year-old. He's telling me, like, hey, like, watermelon, watermelon, which would, like, prompt me to thrust my hands in front of me like I'm carrying a watermelon to get my weight like over my skis and stuff so (laughs) I um, (laughs) have all these wonderful fond memories of learning how to ski I think that was strategic was it not dad oh yeah definitely because an excellent parenting tip is have your kids do the hobbies that you want to have them keep doing the rest of your life. So do the hobbies you love so that mm-hmm. you can keep doing those things forever. And so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Skiing. And you forgot about doing pizza to slow down and French fries to go fast. Oh, so yeah. That's a you have all, 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 the, all the different foods involved in, in, in training, training skiing. I know. So. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, you think that we would come up with something else besides food, but it is, it is very memorable. So. And little kids, kids know about pizza. They do. They yeah. know what pizza looks like. They know what French fries look like. <laughs> so it, it works out well. And we're still diehard skiers to this day. Uh, it worked. It did. It really did. And it helped me get a husband. So that's that's always good. If you can outski your spouse, then he's impressed. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Oh, man. Well, we are excited to talk about the two-month checkup for parents and their babies what are the top questions that parents have for this two-month check sure so probably number one is weight gain and is the baby doing well and thriving the other ones we get a lot are about vaccines about sleep training ongoing baby acne and then about pooping because oftentimes the kiddos are pooping a lot less frequently less frequently now and a lot of the parents are worried Great. What are the top areas of advice that you would like to share for this checkup? I think besides answering those questions, again, how to help with weight gain for things like breast and bottle feeding, and then also going through some of the developmental milestones to look forward to for these parents. Great. Let's just dive in through the questions that parents have when they come in for the two-month mark. It sounds like the biggest question is about how their baby is growing. Yeah. So the things we check at every visit are measuring their length and weight and head circumference. Their weight's very objective on a digital scale. Length and head circumference are a little bit subjective, but it now gives us some data points compared to the two-week check to compare and to be able to say, is everything moving up well on the growth chart or not? Are they really thriving or not? And, and so if the baby's gaining weight well, then everything else seems to fall into place. Their genetics were set you know, nine months prior to the baby being born, 
but their environment, their nutrition is what really matters now in terms of how this baby's going to thrive. Yeah. So what are some options if weight gain isn't going very well? How do you know how much a breastfeeding baby is getting? There can be a lot of struggles with breastfeeding that show up now with their less than ideal weight gain. If a baby is moving along the weight gain chart and getting this double chin and thigh rolls, then you know that everything's going great. Yeah. But that isn't always happening. Yeah. And it's, and it's a super cute baby you're used to seeing. You just look at them and say, yeah, they're doing awesome. <laughs> so, but there can be a lot of problems with how the milk is being transferred from mother to baby, how much milk is being made, how well the baby is doing at their job of nursing. And so what we'll do if a baby isn't doing great is we'll try and get some help for mother with a lactation consultant on and how the breastfeeding process is going itself. Because that's what we want to do is support breastfeeding. And, and then in the meantime, we'll, we'll try and do some supplementing after breastfeeding attempts if we see those struggles with weight gain, especially if the baby is um, like wanting to eat every hour, the demand's going up, and 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 then the, the mom's just really getting frustrated with having to feed the baby. Mom's crying, baby's crying. It's just not a great experience. And so, um, so what we'll do is, is have the spouse or a family member go ahead and offer a bottle after each breastfeeding attempt maybe setting a goal of doing you know, 30 to 60 milliliters just to offer. And what our goal is to have the baby eat until they stop wanting to eat so that the baby stop eating because they're full, not because the food runs out. So I try to feed them slowly and, and again, burp every you know, you know, ounce or every you know, few minutes when they're breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And there should be something left in the bottle when they're done and not taking the bottle vigorously because that signals that the baby feels full. They kind of push away and finish off the bottle. Um, then I know that they're full. And so only the baby knows how hungry they are. So we're trying to let them tell us how much they want to eat because sometimes they go through a growth spurt and want to eat more. And, and so I just use the, the baby stopping as an indication that the baby got full. As long as something's left in the bottle, I know that they, they ate to fullness. Awesome. So the baby's eating well. What about pooping? Some babies go a long time between bowel movements at this age. What is typical? What should we be worried about? Yeah, so it's interesting because when a baby's first born, they are pooping every time they eat. So six times a day is not uncommon. And then they'll start going maybe a few times a day, then once a day. But parents will come in sometimes for a separate visit saying, my baby hasn't pooped in three or four days. And so what I try to set the expectation for is it's normal for breastfed babies to stool once a week and formula-fed babies to stool every three days. And that's really different what people are thinking is going to happen, a big change from where they began. And so... um, so many are concerned there's a problem with the baby. But what I say to them is to to not look at the calendar, how many days it's been between bowel movements, but look at the baby. If the baby's happy, they're passing lots of gas, and that gas gets pretty stinky when they haven't <laughs> pooped in a few days. And but but they're but the babies are happy and they're not bloated, then we don't have to fix anything. There's no problem. They're doing fine. If the baby's unhappy because of those symptoms, bloated, 
uh, they seem really uncomfortable after they've been three or four days, then we, we work on helping them stool more often with some combination of prune juice, some benefiber, and Miralax to help out based on what they need. But, um, but sometimes we don't have to fix it. We just need to set the expectations that that's normal for a baby. Yeah. Is baby acne beginning to show up by now? It is. So baby acne starts at about three weeks of age. Okay and involves mostly the face and upper chest and back, and then improves by about three months of age. And I've mentioned before, but it can be intermingled with eczema and some other infant rashes that it is good for us to look at with the parents to help figure out how to help them. But with, with the acne, it's just time. It's yeah. basically like going through puberty with a hormone change, but the opposite where You've got all of mom's hormones that are being shared with the baby. When you when you clamp that cord, the hormones go away instantly, and then all of a sudden there's this hormone shift, and so we'll get some acne. But the baby's skin is fine; doesn't 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 bother the baby, but it kind of bothers us as parents. Yeah, <laughs> that will be a question that I ask once I get to heaven. Why acne? <laughs> oh, and why so mosquitoes? I'll, yes, I've got a big list. You know, my, my grandfather worked on the Manhattan Project as a nuclear physicist from Berkeley. And he, he said that he looked forward to sitting in God's Physics 101 class <laughs> to learn how it's really all done. So here's somebody who knew as much as anybody yeah. about physics in the world at that time in the 1940s. And, and here he is saying that he wants to be in that basic class. Now, I, I don't even want to compare my level of physiology with his level of physics, but <laughs> I have my, my questions about jaundice and mm-hmm. about, about, uh, about growing pains and about all kinds of things that, that come into play. So I, I got a list, and, and baby acne should be on there. Yeah, so. yeah. This is, this is just the knowledge that we've gleaned, but we, we still have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I have questions. Yes, yes. totally. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about advice for parents when it comes to sleep training. What are your thoughts about this? Sure. So two months of age is way too early to think about sleep training per se, where you let kids cry it out and have this tough love. There's a book called Baby Wise that advocates for for kind of a tough love sleep training approach at this young age, but I don't agree with that at all. Because the first developmental stage for babies is trust versus mistrust. And they don't have the object permanence at this stage where they know that you are still around when they cannot see you. Mm-hmm. Similar to how when they're six months old, they'll, they'll sit in their high chair and Cheerio falls off of the high chair. And before they hit six months, they wouldn't even look for it. They're like, oh, that's gone forever. But <laughs> after six months, they'll say, I, I know it's still, ar- still around. And they'll look to see where it went to. Mm-hmm. So... When a baby knows you're still around, then they don't think they've been abandoned when they can't see you. And so when you, when you try to sleep train too early, all that's happening is the baby just giving up and mm-hmm. thinking, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to die here. I'm never going to see my mom or dad ever again. So and then sad. when you come back, they're so excited. They're so excited. You come back and they're just like, hey. But, um, but we, we want to wait until that infant is not distressed. And this is a, a want and not a need. Before six months, it's probably a need for them to be able to have that, that trust in place where you take care of their problems and help them out. So, so no sleep training. Now, I will say it's if you can try and have a routine and it works, great. But just don't force it. Don't push it and go from there. Yeah. Great. Vaccines are a big item at the two-month visit. 
so our first time, this is our first time getting vaccines in the office as well. So how do you handle the vaccine discussion? Well, as you know, vaccines are always a huge topic. And yeah. especially after going through the COVID pandemic, I think a lot of the confidence we had in in the medical system was called into question mm-hmm. by a lot of the, um, I think, kind of competing voices for vaccines. And so, so it really made a big difference in terms of, I think, people questioning vaccines. Fortunately, I think that, that people have been able to see that you know, the vaccines that have a long history have a good safety record and still yeah. are, are doing those at a high rate. And I advocate actively for the health of a child through receiving childhood vaccinations. They have made such a big difference in our health. And you think, you know, do you remember the last friend you had that died from polio? And say, no, because your parents vaccinated them. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and, and vaccines are so important and we have those. And, and I understand, I think it's important to, again, to, to have knowledge. We'll go back time and time again to school, Schoolhouse Rock and knowledge is power. But, um, but I think that, that some are conflicted about vaccine administration, but most are not. Mm-hmm. And for those that are conflicted, I want to know what their specific reason is because I want to validate that everyone's questions and concerns have value and learn how I can help them in their decision making. I, I really honestly believe that this mother or father love that child more than any other person in this world and genuinely want what is best for their child and when they make that decision to vaccinate. Mm-hmm. So so th- that that's the that's the that's the credit I give to parents that that they they really are coming to this from a a position of love. So, um, and then sometimes they simply need a question answered to have someone listen and discuss their concern. Sometimes they have made a decision to modify the schedule of receiving vaccines. And I believe it is important to work with each parent's goals and objectives in order to not create a divide that will prevent a child from getting the protection from vaccines because the relationship with the doctor is either all or none over mm-hmm. the vaccines. So if a person is determined to modify the schedule and I create this adversarial relationship, that child may never get vaccinated because of how I treated the parent. So I, I have a heavy responsibility to um, to listen and to be able to be a resource for that parent. and. I'll, Almost everyone gets their vaccines, but I, I do honestly believe that if I said, you know, you can't come to this practice if you don't vaccinate, rather than say, I, I see this is important to you and, and and we want to collaborate, let's work out a schedule that gets this child protected on a schedule that you, as your loving parent, um, feel comfortable with. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm compromising their health care because um, I'm not being super dogmatic about saying you have to do it this way because that doesn't create a situation where it's it's a win-win yeah it just polarizes the parent even more totally and and i've had practices where people who said i'm not going to go back to that person because they were so mean to me and Mm -hmm. were so um denigrating and i'm like we're all people and and i think that everybody's you know thoughts matter and value um and that I, i shouldn't in any way be condescending towards someone because i feel like i have this medical knowledge because I don't have the, the perspective of loving that child as well as they do. Yeah, yeah, completely. Looking ahead, what are upcoming developmental stages for the two-month-old child? This is a really fun discussion because 
helping to understand that kids mature literally from top to bottom Mm -hmm. as their spinal cord matures and the nerves get their myelin coating on there that helps the nerves to function appropriately. So literally, they, they get better neck stability, head control. Then they're able to use their hands better to reach for things. Then as their their body maturation progresses, they can sit up, then they can crawl, then they can walk. So the next step that comes online is they get better hand-eye coordination. So I recommend having some floor gyms and toys that hang down from the car seat or a little floor, you know, floor gym and pad. They can start to reach for things. And it's just the funnest thing to see this baby able to hit at something and get so excited that they did something like hit this bear or this cat or whatever yeah. on their mobile. And it's so super fun. And so, so that, that's a big thing. And along with that, I recommend tummy time, sometimes in small doses. If they don't like being on their tummy, then you can get around that by doing little small doses of a couple or three minutes many, many times a day so they have a chance to get enough repetitions in to help out. Awesome. Are there other safety tips and items that parents should be thinking about at this stage as well. Yeah, a few things they don't get to talk about at visits, but again, reviewing the importance of a, of a properly secured infant car seat. We talk about burn prevention and getting your water heater adjusted down just on the, on the dial for the temperature to less than 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Even early on, um, helping out with fall prevention, thinking about buying a gate for the stairs coming up, Something kind of old school are the old infant walkers that the kids would set in and they could move with their feet. And the main problem with that is the kids would launch off of stairs and get significant head trauma. So you don't want to use any of the mobile infant walkers. We keep talking about having them sleep on their back and avoiding that soft bedding and soft toys in the crib with uh, the risk for suffocation. And, and then start to think about being careful with the small and sharp objects, plastic bags, things that may be around the house that weren't a problem before you had a baby in the house. And so those are, uh, those are some things to start, start thinking about now so it doesn't sneak up on you with uh, the baby getting old enough to, to go grab those things. Great. Any final tips? Well, just again, I'll reiterate, just taking time for yourself with your spouse, mm-hmm. accepting help, and, and trying to get some sleep when the baby sleeps. Are some big ones, and, um, and then I remind them to have their follow-up at four months of age will be the next time we'll get to get back, back together again. Awesome. And we, too, will be getting back together again at four months of age. So thanks. <laughs> thanks, Em. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to getting together again next time. Kid Doc is available wherever you find your other favorite podcast. If you enjoyed what we shared with you today, Be sure to like us and subscribe to help other listeners like you find us. On our website, we will add supporting materials and other helpful items from this and other podcasts. The opinions expressed in this podcast, while carefully considered, are ultimately the opinions of the presenters and not necessarily of our employers or of any other organizations with which we are affiliated. And remember, the content of this podcast shouldn't be seen as a substitute for seeking actual personal medical care if this is an emergency, hang up and dial 911. Otherwise, schedule a visit with a caring doctor to help with your concerns.